This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy. Hi, everyone. I'd like to introduce you to Kaori Sasaki from Japan. She is the CEO of Unicol International. Would like to share a little bit more about her business and also how COVID-19 has impacted Japan or Tokyo specifically. Um, I know a lot of listeners would like to learn, you know, whether or not their situation here or abroad is similar or is it different and just hearing from others around the world what they're going through as a global community. So if you could uh, describe for me, uh, how has uh, Japan been impacted by COVID-19? Or I think as you were mentioning earlier, there isn't necessarily a way for the government to enforce or force people to stay home. So how has it looked or what has it looked like over the past couple months? Well, actually, the COVID really uh, impacted the Japanese society and economy as well. Uh, the The good part actually though it really shifted to the digital so yeah. that uh, the, the, the you may know that the japanese people has to commute every day in the morning to uh, the, in really packed trains and so forth but now the companies have finally allowed people to stay home and work so this is like we it took us like 20 30 years to persuade the male leaders to uh, let us do that but now that most of the company has allowed the, the workers to stay home and work. And uh, there, surprisingly, some of the companies has uh, de- declared that they will keep the, the way, the style of working, like allowing the, the, the workers to stay home, um, that they would kind of like a small in the, the office space in the future. So that really, uh, in a good way, that shifted to the work style. And I, I think it's a great impact to the women at work. So did enough individuals have resources at home to work? Were they accustomed to working from home before COVID-19 or part of the shift was adapting to a remote environment that wasn't the case before? Well, uh, both, but uh, most of the, com- the, the, the workers did not have uh, one space at home because the Japanese houses are so small and they don't have any individual rooms. So that the the, stu- the the kids and the the father and mothers and and working at the same kitchen table. So that when a person has started having Zoom com- conference, then meetings, then the other have to be really being quiet or something. So uh, the so uh, the we we kind of like encounter a different uh, the issues at home and so forth. But uh, the people now accustomed to it. I would say that one about it took us the uh, one month. Most of the people took took, uh, uh, them one month to uh, accustom or just to the situation. But now a lot of people, I would say, like the style. And are kids going to school or summer school or are they able to go outside? uh, Yes, they go outside nowadays. I mean, 
Yes, the, the school has been closed down for a month or two, uh, the daycare center as well. So it's been a little difficult for us, the, the family with kids, uh, to work at home. But now the school is open, so uh, the students go into school and then the, people, the kids are playing around us. Uh, at the playground and so forth. Yes. So it's it sounds like it's pretty similar to what we're experiencing here yeah. in the U.S., where the government otherwise closed restaurants or closed stores or um, closed schools for a while, and then as things started to open slowly, open back up, individuals are slowly returning to the office or um, returning to normal like everyday life slowly but surely, while at the same time, I think the government, probably like Japan and other countries are monitoring the number of cases that are occurring to see if other additional measures need to occur. Mm -hmm. And how has it impacted a lot of the businesses or companies in Japan or specifically in Tokyo? Like has business slowed down because people are not out and about shopping and buying things and eating out? I mean, strong impact to the business. The, the restaurants are closed and business is so slowed down. Uh, the, so the government has to kind of like uh, the, the put on a budget to, uh, to give money to individual and restaurants and companies uh, to support the rent and, and others. So that this has a really strong impact to the business. But uh, at the same time that it will, it had actually uh, made a lot of companies to shift a lot of business on the on, online so uh, the of course the, the restaurants started doing delivery mm. uh, the concerts going online no audience but the huge conference I mean uh, concert live com concert um, e we like e woman has started online on uh, the seminars and which actually that invites more people online than in the seminar room so we were, ah. we, I'm a, the entrepreneur and founder and then CEO of two companies. And one is Unical and one, the other is eWoman. eWoman has the seminars uh, usually. And we have the seminar room here. About 50 people are uh, coming uh, every night and so forth to the, to the events. And now it's online. And the other day that we had the seminar shifted to online and we had 120 people join. Uh, and then one from Canada, one from Germany, one from Brazil. So, so the online is sometimes very good. Because uh, it increases the number of participants yeah. that can attend these seminars. And what are the seminars about that you cover as part of eWomen? Well, the, there varies from the educating health to women on boards to uh, uh, what uh, tax to uh, corporate governance to various various issues um, uh, and then actually that uh, the, we are going to shift our big conference as well the international conference for women business which is going to be September 27th we were originally this is the largest diversity conference in Japan mm -hmm. 1,000 women get together every year uh, of course men included but uh, the and we were preparing to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the conference which is going to be huge and wow. but uh, the, we decided to go online and then we will actually announce in a week uh, and so that now online meaning that you can join and all the listeners can join uh, from all over the per, uh, the world and they could join 
as a participants, and also we could invite many speakers overseas. So I'm excited because so I wouldn't take this as the uh, the because of you no know, COVID, mm-hmm. but it's more like to shift to the next stage. So last 25 years we had the, this huge conference in a you know in a hotel room in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe next 25 years of totally online and totally international, and then then interactive. And then, uh, yeah, this is going to be the, the new era. And I think that's phenomenal because you're involving speakers and individuals and participants from a global, yes. like the global community around the world versus only those that can, let's say, fly or meet in that right. location right. or maybe may only be in country, so to speak. True, true. That the other used to be like we have only like a, three speakers overseas because we cannot afford that airfares and hotel accommodations. And now we can invite many people uh, as a speaker as well. So yes, that, that would be very exciting. People just need to get up earlier or stay up later, right? In order to meet the global yeah, community. It's really the bit uh, the issues. So I invite speakers from the United States in the morning in Japan. And then uh, the afternoon or late afternoon is uh, the speakers from Europe. And then in the middle, that we do have a lot of the speakers in Japan, uh, but it's it's ten hour uh, conference. It's a whole day conference. So please join. Yeah. I'd like to join, and I think many of our listeners would like to join, especially to bring the um, entire global community together and to learn together and share yes. ideas and to collaborate yes. together, which I think is instrumental, especially as we think of the global community worldwide as being more interactive and I think collaborative, especially today where we're going through similar circumstances just in different cultures or different countries. But um, as you highlighted, the experience is pretty similar for our listeners, country to country. Um, It just looks slightly differently in terms of how countries are approaching things. Yeah, and the conference is gonna be a simultaneous interpretation so that the English and Japanese, you can switch the language. Uh, we do. We will do the other uh, uh, networking online, so that you can meet a lot of people. So, Are you going to do like breakout rooms? Yes, or? Yes, we, yes, we will do over lunch or networking or sessions. And yes, we do a lot of variety of things. I'd love to join because I was just going to ask you. And are you? Is your company doing the translation services? Unicola uh, is doing the translation. Uh, yes, that uh, again, like I'm the founder of the two uh, the companies. One is called Unicola International, which is a translation interpretation services, which I've been doing that 34, five years already, uh, dealing with 70 different languages. Oh, wow. um, so that we do the translation from the, the, the document or website or video. Uh, we do narration, simultaneous interpretation, consecutive interpretation, like a press conference, IR, uh, from music to pharmaceuticals to uh, government to sports. To, so really uh, the variety of the topic as well. Uh, it's like uh, there, if the listeners would like to, let's say, launch some business in Japan mm-hmm. or expand business in Japan, then we are the, the one-stop shop that uh, the, we could do uh, the translation and whatever. And also E-Woman, I started E-Woman in year 2000. Uh, which is the uh, the diversity consulting company at this moment? Because I'm the um, the the woman that who started the um, the first 
Women Network in Japan, which is 1996. And then the very first website for women, that was also 96, and by Unical, actually. And then that led to the other uh, eWoman. And then eWoman is a diversity company, uh, the consulting company, train, giving trainings and seminars, consulting work, and also help companies to produce new uh, products, like a Kikoman or Ajinomoto, we supported them, or airlines or automobile companies. And also we started a um, diversity index. Ah. In, uh, yes, which is the, the, the very first index measurement of the diversity of an organization. I guess that it is the very first in the world because we combine um, company survey, corporate survey, and individual survey together with individual exam. Hmm. So it's very unique. That exam means like it's a multiple choice exam. Uh-huh. It's linked to the employee's ID. And then even CEO included that the, everybody in the organization take this survey and exam so that we analyzed you know, together with all those three uh, information so that uh, we could uh, the, uh, know that which department of the company has a higher diversity or lower diversity in knowledge or behavior. Um, the, which city, if that is a big companies and if you have the branches in different cities, then we could analyze like age-wise, city-wise, uh, division-wise, and so forth. And the report goes to CEO, that we have a CEO discussion over the report so that CEO can be aware of what's going on internally. And then we, it's, it's not, uh, there used to be, it, it actually, that the ESG investment is so strong recently, but there's no solid measurement uh-huh. to find that which company is the ESG uh, you know, uh, force. And then the only way is to count number of women uh-huh. or the per, you know, check the percentage of women on board. Uh, but, uh, and it's, yes, it's really powerful, but uh, if a company with 1,000 people uh, employees and only 100 women employee increase to 400 women employees. It sh- looks like four times as much uh-huh. and, and 40% of the whole uh, population of the, the employees. So it, the company may be awarded as a diversity award, uh-huh. but, but it doesn't really necessarily diversified company because if 600 of men hasn't changed their attitude or not really aware of diversity, the decision-making process or meeting style hasn't changed. The company looks diversity, but right. it's not. So that the, what we are doing in, uh, over the diversity index is to, uh, to test every single person in the company together with a survey and analyze so that the company knows that exactly what they are doing and how they act on it. And then we are analyzing with the profitability or whatever of the, the corporate value so that uh, there we believe the diversity of thought. That's my definition of diversity. It's not just the number of women, but the diversity of thought bring them 
innovation. The, mm -hmm. the directly is innovation is the, uh, the, the e-woman's mission statement. So that uh, we believe that the diversity leads innovation, uh, the leads profitability and res res respect, and that actually bring uh, more investors to your company as well and better employees to come. So uh, that's the effort that we are doing. And now the second year is a one year, once a year thing. And we are just finishing uh, the second year of Diversity Index. And we are going to do the third in this fall. And the next year, we are going to open it to international version. So oh, it's, I was just going to ask you, is it available outside of Japan to multinational companies yeah, or just year. companies in other countries that may not necessarily even have cross-border transactions to the extent that they want to purchase or be involved or obtain the diversity index? Can mm. they do such? Yes, yes. So uh, the, the, the reason I started uh, a year ago is because I really wanted the Japanese companies to move forward. Uh -huh. uh, I've been working on it. I've been consulting on it, speaking on it. I've been, I have done more than 1,500 speeches so That's far. amazing. <laughs> but uh, the, the, when I talked to male CEOs, they said that the, the, we have already gotten like a 15% of the, the women executives. Uh, Sasaki-san, do you allow us to stop, you know, or we, uh, we are proud to say that one woman on board, do you think that we know we are good enough? So, so no, 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 it's not just a number, there's no ending. So that I, the reason I started is because that I wanted to um, uh, have them really know that the diversity leads innovation and make their company better. Mm -hmm. It's not a human rights issue only, but it's more like economic issue as well. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why that I started. So the test at this moment is now in only in Japanese. Uh, they're including some of their, uh, their questions in what the Prime Minister Abbott has said, or you know, the, the, do you know the change of the legal you know, situation here and here? So mm -hmm. some of those questions are included. But next year, when I start creating the uh, international version, in the English version. Uh, of course, the, the exam and survey will be in English, but not only that, that the question will be, uh, they're not related to any of the country, so that the, any company in any country can join and use. And then um, we have uh, the advisor, the steering committees and special committees and advisory. The advisors are the people that who give us questions. So in the current version, we have many famous and well-known diversity special special um, these in LGBT to uh, their ethnicity to disability to women issues, and also uh, also that we have the, the advisory from labor unions and government ministry of like foreign affairs ministry of a cabinet office and all those uh, that are joining us as an advisor to give us questions. So we are going to do the same to the international version. So uh, the, we invite those special, uh, the special uh, expertise from all over the world to uh, the, the welcome them as advisors. So giving us questions. Uh, so we're going to have the very international one next year.
And I think especially here in the U.S., I can see that a lot of corporations could benefit from a diversity index given a lot of the current events that have occurred here in the U.S., um, a lot around race or a lot around diversity and physical traits, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what you've highlighted is it's not just only the physical attributes in terms of diversity, but diversity of thought. And then have you guys done work or studies behind like correlating the diversity index and the feedback you're getting to profitability and really demonstrating the difference between um, a company that does that lacks diversity in their financials in contrast to a company that is considered more diverse and their greater profitability. Have you guys also benchmarked those financial results? Yes, that the, 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 we, again, like we have just started last year and this is the second year and unfortunately the COVID uh, the impact so that we couldn't really tell from one year, you know, difference. But uh, yes, that is the purpose of that we are doing, collecting this data. Uh, the uh, as you all know that the uh, the McKinsey recently uh, announced that the top 25 percentage of the diversity companies have the 25 percent more profitability than average. So uh, we, but those are again like the uh, based on the number of women or okay. number of the, the nationalities. So uh, the I, we are going to do that in um, the every year and mm -hmm. then emulate the data together with profitabilities or um, whatever our audience, all, all those data, uh, so that we keep analyzing it in, um, hopefully in the five years or some, then we will have a very strong data. I love to hear this because obviously I manage and run an evaluation and research company and those are things that we like to do, which is getting yeah. involved in research and indexing and benchmarking results and correlating like you said, diversity or certain um, specific attributes or factors and demonstrating that there is a correlation between change and the impact that you're able to have on communities or companies or organizations by nature of change, right? Yeah. And defining what that impact is. And obviously, um, a lot of individuals we work with focus more on either gender equality or economic equality and a lot of more social economic um, issues or topics. But I think more importantly, you know, diversity is not just doing the right thing by being more inclusive, but it's also the perspective around diversity of thought, diversity around experience, diversity around age, different ages and aside from the physical attributes. Sure. And the more I think that we can share, like you've highlighted across different countries, why reinvent something when others have been working on it for a while and why not share those resources versus independent countries or organizations or groups of people trying to think that they need to be the first to come up with the answer or the solution. Chances are someone else has been working on it we just didn't know about it, right? So I appreciate you bringing that up because that's really exciting. Yeah, please join us in that advisor. We'd love to. I know my my company employees would love to join you and take yes. part in this, especially right now when there's a lot of talk and definitely greater awareness around diversity. And I know, you know, one discussion I've had even separately around gender inequality or gender equality, especially for women this year is, as we approach the election, it'll be the 100th year of suffrage for women in the U.S. in terms of voting. And so what does that 
mean or what does that look like? But obviously women in other countries too, either there are still countries where women don't have a vote or a seat at the table and there's some countries that do. And so how can we help each other to really as a global community, encourage and support each other. So I think between the conference and the diversity index, anybody and everybody can get involved. And I think it's also being aware and encouraging our male counterparts to support it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of my you know, most instrumental mentors were and have been males in terms of my own professional career. So definitely encourage the diversity of men and women together to support um, some of these initiatives and not only just women, right? Yes. So uh, tell me a little bit about, I know you've held a number of different board positions as well across a number of large companies in Japan, and just curious to hear what your role has been on these board positions, but also I think for even women here in the U.S. and abroad, you know, how should they think about board diversity or joining corporate boards, and how did you go about joining boards in Japan. And I think it's also acknowledging for individuals don't that may not have a lot of history or background of, about Japan, um, mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, gender equality is a fairly new thing, I guess is a way to phrase it, or a, um, it's, a it's a global effort, right? All of us around the world are trying to um, promote and help the next generation of leaders as females. Um, take part in leadership and have a seat at the table or be able to feel comfortable enough to express um, Mm. a difference in view or difference in experience and Mm. would love to hear from you kind of what your journey has been and the challenges that you've experienced. Wow. It's a, it's going to be a long story, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I, I, well, cause well, cause I, I started working when I was a high school student and then uh, there, uh, since then, that I haven't really received any financial support from my parents. So I've been really uh, making money to um, to going to schools and universities and uh, studying abroad for one year and, and so forth. But and then I uh, became an entrepreneur. So that was very unique of uh, the for a Japanese woman at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I became also a TV news reporter. Um, there, I was asked to be on the national highest rated news program uh, reporter for six years. So I traveled like 25, 30 years, uh, 30, 30, 25, 30 countries. Uh, they're mainly uh, they're covering the refugees and the human rights issues as well, along with being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur at the time. Then I started shifted to, um, I, I found that I'm the kind of like the first woman to uh, the start a uh, like a digital thing, so like I, I, I'm I started the very first women network in 1998, I mean, in 1989, and also in 1996 at the very first website for women in Japan, and then the International Conference for Women in Business. I started in 96, so all those like a the first uh, for uh, in Japan. And Did then, you face a lot of resistance to those changes or those know, initiatives? To ignorance, to ignorance, I didn't really feel any resistance. Well, but the, the very first, uh, the one that I noticed, I remember, is when I started the International Conference for Women, Women Business in 96, I talked to a uh, the male 
leader of the staff of the uh, the major economic association at the time somebody introduced me to talk to them because this guy thought that when i have the conference i need a sponsors to join like a corporate sponsors so so he introduced me to the, the biggest economic association at the time uh the, i remember that when i come to the office they said that well there's no need for a conference for women and huh, then women then working women in Japan are drop out of the economy and the male are the dominant so the entrepreneurs foreigners foreign capitals females are the off the stream not the mainstream of the economic so that our companies the members of the association wouldn't support anything of that and you shouldn't really start that kind of conference so still i remember but that was 25 years ago now that we are the biggest conference in Japan. so it's changing so uh there i've been uh there uh, there i see the change but uh, being an entrepreneur i think that's what encouraged you or was the initiative behind starting it where you may not have had as many concerns about you know starting these initiatives you just went ahead and did it hmm. which yeah. is pretty amazing because i didn't know much about inequality because i've been an entrepreneur never really felt much mm. so the journalists start journalists started asking me i've been uh, interviewed so many times at the time um then uh, they asked me like why women and why single women like young young women like you started da 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 da, da. and they kind of teach me mm -hmm. the inequality and and inequality and uh, the no no the situation of women in the society in Japan and i started uh the answering to this question by the time that my exposure is only talking about the women issue because they asked me to yeah. so became the expert of this the topic but the uh, the going back to the question that you asked me about the board that the other uh, uh the 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 getting getting a board position is not something that you knock the door and ask for uh -huh. this is something that they ask you to be on board so uh there i was asked uh to be on board uh suddenly uh, the one of the like the president of the major listed company suddenly called me came to our office by himself and asked me like how do you do uh, nice to meet you could you be um, a board member Oh, no so 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 that happens but uh, there the because i i am considered as an expert of diversity the what i've been doing is to uh contribute to the board meetings to um the new aspect of the agenda mm -hmm. i i always try my best effort to find a direction angle to whatever the issue is that uh, the never really uh, touched mm -hmm. or a questioned so that i ask question or i may say some uh share my experience or add some opinions which they may not be able to see so that's the uh, my contribution i uh, consider not only to the board but uh, i've been uh, serving on a lot of uh, the as a council member to the government uh -huh. uh, uh, almost all uh, the ministry of education minister pouring out uh, the law 
ministry of what uh, the the information and cabinet office I mean, all other ministries have um, kindly asked me to uh, serve as a council members. So uh, during that time that I did my best efforts to give the original and unique and, and ideas, uh, viewpoints to the issue. I think it's phenomenal though, especially that these large companies invited you to join them, right? They already acknowledge your contribution and diversity of thought and the value that you could add to the perspective in terms of how they manage a company, but also acknowledge, probably have the foresight to acknowledge that their consumers and their customers and their clients are representative in the board itself, right? And that's something that um, I think here in the U.S. we're slower to acknowledge that, like, if you want to reach a broader audience, a more diverse audience, it you know, whether or not it's a younger audience or a different demographic of an eight, you know, race or whatever it may be, the board is a good representation of your client base mm -hmm. and who you do business with and who you want to attract to that company. Right. The, the other, well, now I'm sitting on board for three, three companies and then in the past three more. So like uh, NEC, mm -hmm. uh, Tokyo Marine, um, their insurance. Uh, now I am currently on board for uh, the Kobayashi pharmaceutical companies and Japan Post and AGP, which is the other uh, energy company at the airport. So uh, the uh, and, and 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 others. So a variety of industries. Uh, the so I'm not an expert of that industry. But I'm the uh, the expert of the diversity, like finding missing um, point of the discussion. Um, yes. Um, and I think, well, what I like to highlight is that, like you just said, it wasn't necessarily you were an industry expert in right. a particular area of where they did business, but the contribution you make in terms of your thoughts and in terms of how you think and the value add, that's really the significant part or the skill set that companies are looking for. And you just highlighted some of the largest companies in Japan. I know that when I used to work on an Asian equity sales desk in the 90s, um, I would read about Tokyo Marine and <laughs> Then NEC here in California was a former client of mine. So I'm familiar with actually some of the large name companies and that's really impressive in terms of being asked to have a seat at that table and to contribute and shape how those companies have grown and evolved over time. And hopefully it's something that just as a, an example of what, you know, Japan is doing an example to others about why they also too might want to consider as multinational companies or as they grow and scale, why they also want to consider different individuals on boards and not necessarily the same individuals, so to speak. Right. So I think that's super powerful. And also in terms of like you're saying, you're asked to join these boards versus um, I think the way that we're approaching it much in the U.S. is you need to go seek that board position like it's another job or uh, job hunt, so to speak. Oh, well, well, I, I'm considered as a, like a horizontal expert, not the, the deep in one industry, but I, I, I'm kind of like the connecting the others or uh, in Japanese that uh, they're a person with a many drawers. Mm -hmm. 
the maybe it will be in the uh, polymath in English. They so said that the, the, I'm kind of like, uh, I've been a news commentator as well. So that when the, the whatever the topic comes in, I kind of like react and then give the other uh, uh, some kind of point of view. But uh, the, yes, the, the, um, well, eWoman is also um, they're helping companies to look for women on board. Because some of the companies or male uh, executives have an excuse that, well, we would like to, but we don't have any good woman to find. So that, no, 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 we are the, the largest executive network in Japan. So I will introduce you the greatest women, experienced women, so that actually we do uh, they're introduced and do like executive search kind of thing and, and introduce the, uh, the, put, uh, the candidate for the, the, uh, the board member. Uh, so then there's not as much of an excuse not to have a female yes. on the board because you can't find a female. Right. We have many candidates. Yes. Or you don't want to just find a female for the sake of filling that seat. You want to find the right female that can contribute and add value to the conversation too. True, true. There's so so many. Tell me a little bit about the Women Entrepreneurs Finance Initiative which is partnering across, I understand, 14 governments mm. and 18 development banks and public and private sector stakeholders, all part of the World Bank. Yes. What yes. is that initiative and how did you get involved in that and what does it look like in terms of, because I think that's pretty exciting and especially highlights the interdependencies and the nature of our global community, both from a finance and economic perspective, as well as politically? Mm. Well, it's a, uh, there, it's called WeFi, the Women Entrepreneurs Finance Inst Initiative, uh -huh. WeFi, and it's, uh, there, uh, it's, it's a part of World Bank, um, the, the project. And then, uh, and it's the only international partnership supporting women entrepreneurship in developing companies. So uh, the WeFi supports women entrepreneurs and believers uh, in their roles as change agent and the, uh, the drivers of economic growth. So they get the, a lot of money, uh -huh. uh, then uh, they serve, uh, give the money and trainings to the entrepreneurs, the female entrepreneurs in developing companies, uh, countries. And then so uh, the, I am selected, uh, well, the WeFi, the World Bank asked the, each country, I guess the government, to select two champions uh, of the company, a country. And so that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, contacted me that they would suggest one from inside Japan and the other is in Asia. So they selected one from uh, the Prime Minister of India, I mean, on the, uh, Indonesia, and then uh, the one from Japan is me. So they uh, again called me, uh, emailed me actually, uh, and uh, requested me to be the, the uh, if they could uh, recommend me as a champion of Japan. So of course, yes, I'm honored too. So I, uh, I've been uh, not really. Uh, the, we we don't go to those development company uh, countries to support anything, but we do uh, promote this initiative. Uh, we do the discussion now. We uh, the seminars online, so that we join as online. 
uh, yes, and then just the other, I got the uh, email recently that the second term um, has started. So I didn't know that it was like a two-year thing. That now that the, the second year, so another two years, I'm going to be there working for WeFi. That's a huge honor. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm honored. Do you sleep, Kaori? <laughs> uh, three, four hours a day. <laughs> Because you're involved in a lot of boards, you run two companies, you're, you help yeah. to consult or advise on different government initiatives. So I was just thought I I've know. been uh, sitting on board. Uh, the, yeah, I'm uh, also working for in Internet Association, two museums. Uh, what else? Uh, the teaching. <laughs> what else? <laughs> teaching at universities. Well, actually, that I'm teaching time management. Do you know that? Ah, no, I didn't know that. Oh, this is the other uh, my uh, the, uh, the day. It's this is my invention invention action uh -huh. plan. Um, there, see that the this is like uh, the produced by Kaori Sasaki. Ah, and then I'm teaching. Uh, my invention is like the other uh, the, uh, the this uh, the very unique uh, day planner. Okay, and then uh, it has the older scale with the other. Uh, Saturday is Sunday the same. So that this is the so I'm teaching that uh, the time management seminar. Mm -hmm. uh, I should do that actually in English online, huh? I think you should because it would be and you could release it through like YouTube or any of the other distribution channels. I never thought of. so. So, but it's it's been very popular. That my invention is not actually the spread all over Japan. Uh, the 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 people started managing their time time management. I really do think that the time time management is so important. I uh, my book um, I say that booking yourself. So it's like a lot of people has been jotting down or uh, recording in iPhone that uh, the appointment with others, mm -hmm. but not really uh, booking yourself to do what you want to do or what you should do or you must do and so forth. So this is more like the, uh, your uh, life script in a way that you, how you'd like to move, uh, how you like to do what you like to do when you'd like to rest and then, um, no, so that you make yourself happy. Mm -hmm. you're, the, you're the manager of yourself. No, you're the big talent, yep. singer or actress or whatever, and you also are the manager to you. So you manage yourself much better, so that's your productivity or happiness increase. So that's I my like that. Yes. I think you should do a class because oftentimes, you know, we're talking about more here in the U.S. is about self care. Mm -hmm. and incorporating a lot more of meditation practices. Yes. So um, <laughs> mindfulness. And I think one thing that we've always focused on is time management about your schedule, right? We've often left out the need to prioritize and look at ourselves. And what you're highlighting is a need to manage your time around how you care for yourself, especially when, you know, we as individuals are driving everything that we do, and especially as leaders of organizations or leaders of different initiatives, self-care becomes that much more important yes. in terms of being able to accomplish everything. 
So I'd love to hear if you do record it or do a seminar, would love right. to share it with others because I think right. <laughs> everyone can benefit from this globally, not just, you know, in, in any one particular country, so to speak. Because I do believe that making yourself happy, meaning that make, make yourself being very productive and then contribute to the others or society. So I think that's a very important to do. Well, and I think culturally too, I'm always, you know, being Japanese American, but having a heritage, you know, culturally with Japan, um, there's a lot of practice practices that culture can be adopted by others. And I think especially as we talk about diversity and global, the global community sharing best practices, individuals are a lot more open to learning about different cultures and learning about how people approach things differently. So I know my mentor just more recently mentioned a book called Happy Money. And the author is a Japanese individual who is talking about the aspect of Japanese culture, which is the gratefulness aspect, right? And that abundance and wealth is not only about giving, but obviously the inherent aspect and attitude towards money, which is very different than um, the American kind of perspective of money or the Western kind of perspective. So I think, you know, this knowledge sharing of the global community and being able to share, and yet all of us are human beings going through the same thing. COVID is a perfect example of that, the stress, the anxiety, the pressures of day-to-day -day life and technology. Um, why not be open to share how you can approach life differently? Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone's success is built off of each other's success. And so being able to partner on a global scale, I think, is really significant. So I really appreciate you sharing about what's going on in Japan, um, allowing listeners to hear and identify with some of the similar experiences and challenges and concerns, and then also touching a lot about what are some of the initiatives you're working on, not only from a diversity standpoint, but also uh, gender equality and uh, women's um, initiatives and organizations all the way to like government initiatives. So I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. I Thank you really for joining us. Listeners to uh, their join and contribute to whatever the opportunities they will have, speaking opportunities or contributing opportunities. So somebody is watching you and then they would uh, they give you opportunities in the future. Thank you for that. That's good advice. I appreciated that too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as The Mark USA. We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. 
You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.